Blog Talk Radio. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 uh, Miami, uh, uh, South Beach, bringing the heat, uh, <laughs> can y'all feel that, can y'all feel that, jig it out, uh, here I am in the place where I come let go In Miami, the base and the sunset low Every day like a Mardi Gras Everybody party all day, no work, all play, okay? So we sip a little something, leave the rest to spill Me and Charlie at the bar, running up a high bill Nothing less than ill, when we dress to kill Every time the ladies pass, they be like Can y'all feel me? All ages and races, real sweet faces Every different nation, Spanish, Haitian, Indian, Jamaican Black, white, Cuban, or Asian I only came for two days of playing, but every time I come, I always wind up staying. This the type of town I can spend a few days in Miami, the city that keeps the roof blazing. But I can't feel a drip on the strip It's a trip Ladies have dress full of your quip And they be screaming out So I'm thinking I'ma scoop me something hot And this all summer rain game melting pot Hottest club in the city and it's right on the beach Temperature, get to ya, it's about to reach 500 degrees in the Caribbean seas With the hot mommies screaming Every time I come to town they be spotting me In the drop Bentley ain't no stopping me So cash in your dough and flow to this fashion show Pound for pound anywhere you go Yo, ain't no city in the world like this And if you ask how I know I got to flee the fell Is the city that we know don't sleep And we all know that LA and Philly stay jiggy But on the snakes, Miami bringing heat for real Y'all don't understand I've never seen so many Dominican women with sediment tan Mira, this is the plan Take a walk on the beach, draw a heart in the sand Give me your hand, damn you look sexy Let's go to my yacht in the West Keys Ride my jet skis, lounge under the palm trees Cause you gotta have cheese for the summer house Peace on South Beach Water so clear you can see to the bottom $100,000 cars, everybody got them Ain't no surprise in the club this is Stallone, Miami, my second home. champions at Ford Championship Weekend. November 15th through the 17th at Homestead Miami Speedway. Get your tickets and celebrate with three champions at the 2019 NASCAR season finale. Experience the sounds of speed. Witness the sights of greatness. Supercharge your senses. Call 866-409-RACE or visit HomesteadMiamiSpeedway.com. 
I'm Matt DiBenedetto, driver of the number 95 Procore Toyota Camry, and you're listening to The Pit Stop with Tim Despain. From Dega Nation, I'm Tim Despain, alongside of SpeedwayDigest.com's Mr. Stephen Wilson. He's right outside of Richmond Raceway there in the Commonwealth of Virginia, where the crow flies. I'm about eight miles south of this 2.66 mile monster we call Talladega Super Speedway. Stephen, how you doing this evening, brother? I'm doing pretty good of itself. Snowing up here, though. Doing good. Cold. Cold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, cold up here. A little too much snow. Yeah, well, at least we didn't get no snow. But we had some. We had a lot of wind last night too. Uh, some of our guys there at Coos Valley Electric, they worked all night, and I had to dispatch staff. I think I, I didn't have a lot, a couple of hours this morning. Anyway, Stephen, before we get started, uh, myself and Suzanne, we want to wish a big happy birthday to Aiden. Aiden turned thirteen today, correct? No, that was yesterday. Well, I'm a little bit behind it. Happy belated birthday to Aiden from from Suzanne and I, bro. <laughs> okay. I'll let him know. All right, Tim, we're both. And let everybody know the number call is 215-383-3680. We want to get on Tennis Spain alongside of SpeedwayDigest.com. Mr. Stephen Wilson, we're coming up here at 20 after the hour. We, we have uh, the public relations director there at Homestead Amy Speedway, Mr. Neil Gilkus. And I hope I don't mess his last name up. Uh, he's going to swing by and join us to talk a little bit about uh, Ford Championship weekend down there at Homestead, Miami Speedway, and I can't wait to get there. But then we got so much to talk about. Uh, for Ken, I want to start out with uh, with uh, NASCAR. Um, they find Bubba Wallace for an intentional spin at Texas Motor Speedway. Uh, uh, Dustin Long, NBC Sports. Uh, done like a Facebook live deal with him, and Bubba admitted that he intentionally spun. And with that being said, Scott Miller and the bunch there in NASCAR, they had to do something, didn't they, bro? I don't know. Um, I'm I'm kind of torn on this because, honestly, if NASCAR becomes in the business of calling balls to strikes, then we become too subjective sometimes. Um you know, even NASCAR prior to this said that they, they didn't have the data into it. They looked at the SMT data, I guess, and uh, they said they just didn't have the data to it. Um, Kyle Garson argued that he looked at the SMT data and that the SMT data showed that he did intentionally spin. Yeah, you know, and that interchange with uh, Dustin Long um, back in Phoenix this past weekend with Bob Wallace, he didn't particularly just come out and say, yes, I spun on purpose. I mean, um Sure, I kind of took it as a smart answer to the questions that Dustin was asking him. Um, I felt like that maybe Bubba was, um, you know, kind of blindsided, so he was just giving smart answers that, in hopes that if he gave enough smart answers that people would just leave him alone about it. Um, 
But again, it just comes back to the fact that uh, I mean, it, it, Logano Logano had a problem with this at Martinsville, and nothing was done there. Um, we we saw, you know, the most famous incident of them all was, you know, uh, Martin Truex Jr. at Richmond, um, one year that they ended up having to go and redo the uh, the chase that year and add an additional person because of it. Um, I think this fifty thousand dollar fine, fifty points. Um, I don't. I don't think it really fits this, and I think that NASCAR, um, you know, is put in a predicament that if they start calling too many balls and strikes here, they're going to be put in a predicament about you're going to have one side of people that are going to say, well, you did it because you hate my driver, and you're going to have another side that, well, I hate this driver, so I'm glad it happened, and then you may have a few people in the middle about, oh, okay, well, I can see why this happened, but you're going to have two distinct groups of people that are going to be on very far ends of the spectrum into this area that are going to really hate that it happened or they're just going to dislike the driver enough that they're glad that it happened or, and the few people you got left in the middle that may just go along with this um, I don't think that's enough to quiet the noise down that you'll hear on social media because I think that's exactly what's going to happen is if too many of these the, too many of these have become really subjective and if NASCAR didn't have the SMT data to begin with, um, and all it was is that, you know, Bubba Wallace made some smart comments to a media reporter. Um, you know, we're, we're looking at balls and strikes at this point, um, and, and that's kind of how we've differentiated um, stock car racing or racing in general away from these sticking ball sports. So we're not trying to call balls and strikes onto everything that happens into a race. Um, and we've differentiated our stuff for so long that, um, I mean, if it was intentional, it was obviously intentional enough with uh, Martin Truex Jr. that there had to be something done. But in this incident, you know, they had the data for, for Truex. They had the radio call. They had all the things that could just peg this directly on the team uh, with Martin Truex Jr. at Richmond one year. They just didn't have it in this one. And... Um, I just don't want to see NASCAR start going down where they're calling these subjective balls and strikes because, um, you know, if one team is angry at another team and they're going to go lobby at the hauler at the end of the race or they're going to lobby the the uh, race official in the middle of the race and they want somebody penalized in the middle of a race because this happened, I think, you know, we just – it becomes a effect at some point. Very well said there, brother. And let's listen to what Scott Miller heard to say. In the media center, well, outside the media center there at Phoenix International Raceway about this situation with Bubba Wallace. Scott, uh, why did this uh, penalty come out today after the tape as opposed to the SMT data, which Kyle Larson and others have said clearly shows that he intentionally... Well, so I, I would I would dispute that the data clearly shows that we don't have a lot of... We don't have a lot of data comparison of a guy trying to drive a car with a flat tire, so... Uh, you know, we've looked at all that, and I, we don't really feel like it's as straightforward as um, as some of the others do as far as the data showing definitively that he did it on purpose. And also, also is, have you guys talked to, to drivers this week or any more this week about obviously this has been a topic or questions have been raised about whether drivers have been intentionally causing caution in the last few weeks in Xfinity? No, we haven't spoken to the drivers. This obviously is going to probably start some, some dialogue, so, you know, so be it. Does this have a message moving forward? Does this leave a message moving forward? And 
did the fans' reaction or any of the drivers this week as we headed into a playoff race have anything to do with this? No, not really. Basically, the way the, the the reaction today was after a complete admission of guilt. So that's that's really what led to the penalty happening today. Yeah, but do you think it will impact how the drivers react when they have flats going forward? Well, I I hope so. Um, you know, all we can do is uh, all we can do is wait and watch and and see how we need to react next. Hopefully, hopefully we don't. Hopefully, it cleans itself up. Are you guys sending a message of, like, that they should say anything if they do it or to not do it? Like, is this more about his, his comments than the actual incident? No, I mean, it's, it's, so here's the deal. It's, it's not very straightforward to determine whether that is done on purpose. So we've all watched the cars drive down the straightaway with a flat tire, weaving all over the place. So for us to make a definitive call that a guy spun out on purpose when he can barely keep his car going straight is a big call and it's a judgment call and it's a call that we would like to not have to be able to make so hopefully they can know that the possibility of this happening is out there if it's very blatant and and that they don't do it what message do you want to send don't don't do it don't do it anymore don't admit it or don't do <laughs> don't, it don't do it it's fifty thousand dollars just the starting point. I mean, if they don't take this seriously, can we ratchet it up the fine from here? Uh, I, I, you know, we have we have the ability to, you know, to react monetarily and points-wise. You know, what we feel is appropriate, and I, I'd say this was a, uh, you know, pretty substantial, and and hopefully it sends sends the right message. Had you guys spoken to him at all during the week before that, before his comments at all? No. Why not? Why, why, I mean, Kyle Larson accused him of spinning intentionally Sunday night. Why not talk to Bubba before this morning? It's for the same reasons that I said. It's it, 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 they, there can be a lot of accusations to be but to be completely positive that that's what happened. Only happened when he raised his hand and said, "I did it." Was there any feeling or discussion of not to penalize them and just warn drivers uh, because kind of the weekend had already been over? No, not really. Well, you know that that was full full admission of something that you know has been a buzz in the you know in the garage and in the media is like no that that wasn't an option. Has precedence been set for this with the Dale Jr. admission? Do you have precedent on this or or is this new territory? Uh, I'm not really sure exactly what you're referring well, to. Well, Dale Jr. admitted, and he got penalized, and other people said it's happened before. Some drivers said we've all done it. So is there precedent, you know, set of how you will come down with this? Um, I, if we feel like it's, it's on purpose and we have enough information to determine 100% that it's on purpose, we will react. Do you have right, data, guys, you have data for you. that information? Uh, up in the tower. I mean, can you look at that data we, quick enough we, to make that decision? We can look. We can look at the data. Yes, but like I said, we don't have a lot of data to compare of a guy driving a car with on the rim. So that obviously data looks a lot different than data when a guy's running around the track wide open with air in all four tires. So it's a hard distinction to make. I'm gonna wrap it up, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Stephen Evans, Scott Miller there with NASCAR discussing the penalty that they threw down to the number 43 Richard Petty Motorsports car of uh, Bubba Wallace there. And like you mentioned, they all, 
they talked a lot about data. You know, NASCAR records all this all this data, and not only just for purposes like that, for safety purposes, also also like in a bad wreck, it records everything. But like you mentioned, uh, NASCAR don't don't need to be in the in the business of calling balls and strikes. But from what uh, Steve uh, Scott Miller said there, the reason that they find him the fifty thousand dollars and the fifty points is because he admitted it. And you know, like I said, Dale Dale Jarrett mentioned mentioned on NBC Sports there uh, that it's been going on for years and years. And uh, he uh, Dale Jarrett told him to just keep your damn mouth shut. But after hearing that, Stephen, what do you do? I do understand where we don't need to be calling balls and strikes, but with an out blatant admitted he admitted to spending on purpose. Do you think that's a good call? Um, I think it, it's harsh. It's it's kind of harsh. Um, you know, again, I think it just comes into the fact of what I was saying previously and that, you know, I don't – hopefully I don't want to say that NASCAR is going to be put in a position where everything becomes a ball and a strike. Everything becomes black and white. Um, we've prided ourselves on that in nearly 75 years in this sport, so – um, you know, I, I think that, you know, when we see things that are obvious, when we have the data to support it, such as, uh, you know, you know, here I am beating on, I guess, Truex once more, but in that situation, when you have in-car camera, when you have people on the radio in the transmissions, when you have all the data lined up and back, that can back this thing up and say, this guy did something intentionally, to alter the outcome or the course of the race to either benefit themselves, benefit somebody else, then maybe yeah, I could I could start seeing this. But again, a lot of these become very subjective calls. And you know, anything you know, in any of these situations that happen, they can become subjective. I think Scott Miller understands that. He said he doesn't want to be put in the middle of this, and um, he doesn't really want to be the one that has to go out there and make these calls. Um, you know, NASCO doesn't want to do it. They don't want to be in the middle of it. They hope the drivers go out there and do what they're supposed to do. But, again, you know, I think this really comes back to we've seen all kinds of things over the years. I mean, how many times have we seen a water bottle thrown out of a thought of a, uh, the window on a race car in the middle of a race and somebody calls a debris caution because the water bottle uh, is still sitting in the racing group. I mean, all kinds of things have happened over the years. So we have to take that into consideration sometimes, too, that, you know, this isn't something new. Bob Wallace is not the first guy to go out there and maybe have done something to alter the outcome of a race, and he's not going to be the last guy that ever does it either whether, you know, intentionally or unintentionally, whatever the case may be, it's not anything new. It's not anything going forward that's going to be stopped because some driver is going to do something that somebody else feels um, change the outcome of the race. And, you know, again, we don't want to be calling balls and strikes on this. On this. That's right, Stephen, yeah. We don't want to, like you, I you and I keep harping, uh, Lester Steele and I keep harping on these balls and strike deal there, and the black and white deal there. And just like Stephen mentioned, I've listened to Stephen talk now over uh, 
Scott Miller, I will agree with what Stephen is saying. You know, it's been going on for years, and I have I have interviewed uh, Bubba Wallace in the media center multiple times. Stephen, you have also, and uh, he's you know come off not really like a smart ass, but he's come off real blunt when you first ask him. And I had posed a question to him here at just to sort of let our listeners know about how about how Bubba is. Uh, I posed a question here at Talladega in the media center a couple of years ago when NASCAR first took the track bar adjustment out of the car for the drivers. I asked him that that question, and he sort of come off a little – I don't remember exactly what he said, but he come off a little bit firm. And then he, you know, said his little spell, and I listened to him, and then he said, I want to go back on that. And he said, that's not my job as a driver to get that car ready. It's the, crew, it's the crew's job to get that car ready for – for the race, just let, let our our listeners know, Bubba's not a smart ass. He just, uh, I guess, he's sort of like Donald Trump, Stephen. You know, Donald with all his tweeting stuff and all that. Sometimes the drivers are put in, put in these situations like, you know, we don't know what uh, Bubba had been discussing before Dustin Long cornered him, and he admitted to that, Stephen. So I mean, you know, and we talk about this week in and week out. Some of these drivers they're under so much stress. They get put in put in these situations, and sometimes they say stuff before they realize it. Don't they, brother? Yeah, I think that happens, and I think this is just an incident where Bobble said something. He was kind of off the cuff, more blunt, and you know, you know, I, I don't think he intentionally just come out there or anything like that. I just think that he was just being blunt in the fact of you know this whole deal. Yeah, I do too. And listeners, we're waiting on uh, Neil Guckas, PR director there at Homestead Miami Speedway, to call in. He's running a little bit late, and we understand that. Steve, this is one of the biggest races of the, races of the year, Ford Championship weekend down there at his track, Homestead Miami Speedway. Let's take a little quick break, Stephen, and we'll come back and uh, maybe Neil will come on here. Well, I think that might be Neil right there, right there, so we'll wait and see if that is Neil from Homestead before we take a break. Let's even talk about this weekend there at Homestead Miami Speedway. This is uh this is the the last championship forward 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 championship weekend there at Homestead. And we're gonna move to uh ISM Raceway next year. Uh so this is gonna be a really big deal there for Neil and his bunch down at Homestead, isn't it, brother? Yeah, it, it is. Um they've been doing this for eighteen years down there. Um and it's going to be, well, I don't know how long it'll be out in ISM. We don't really have any ideas of that fact. But, um, you know, at least for the time being, they're going to move out to ISM. And, um, you know, maybe it'll come back to Homestead one day. But, uh, you know, um, yeah, it'll be big for them. And uh, they'll just shift this, um, you know, somewhere else and do it somewhere else. And, I mean, it's not like, you know, we've done this forever there on in uh you know, South Florida. I mean, we've done this in Atlanta in the in, in the '90s. So you know, we maybe they're experimenting on moving this race around on the final race of the year and crown champions at different races. Um, you know, at the end of the year. And Steve, let's go ahead and bring on uh, public relations director at Homestead, name is Speedway, Mr. Neil Guckers, and the pit stop with Tennis Bain and Stephen Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Yeah. 
Mr. Neil Gilkers, how you doing this evening, brother? Doing great. How about you? I'm doing it's good, right. brother. I want to thank you. I want to thank you for taking time. I know you're busy as a long tail cat in a room full of rocking chairs because uh, it's Ford Championship Weekend, Neil. It's your home track, home track, Mammy Speedway. It sure is. It doesn't get much better than that. You know, three races, three days, three champions, and you know we're excited about it. It's uh, you know, it's a lot of stuff, but uh, you know what? It's uh, at the end of the day, it's 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 a great weekend. Uh, it has been for many many years, and you know we're 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 thrilled to be able to to host this again. Exactly, and Neil, coming up this this weekend, like you mentioned, all all three series will will be crowned there at your facility there at, in a homestead, and with uh with us coming off of Veterans Day yesterday. Uh, do, do y'all have any deals like for veterans? I just, I just want to get that out there and see if y'all have any veterans tickets or anything going on for them. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we work with some veteran groups and things like that to, uh, you know, make tickets available, Vet the Vet Ticks program, which is a tremendous program. So we work with, uh, you know, we, we certainly work with uh, some groups to help, uh, you know, make tickets available to, uh, to the people who have served uh, our country. And, Neil, uh, while I got you there, before I hand you over, to, I got a couple of questions. I just want you to uh, throw out any any special ticket prices, anything y'all got going on, promotions, anything in a concession stand that might be special for some of the fans coming down to your facility there at Homestead. Yeah, well, you know, we're we're here in Miami and so being in Miami, we're you know, we try to differentiate ourselves in terms of just our entertainment, uh our food, things like that. So we've got a lot of food uh, you know, a lot of food options, a lot of which are distinctly Miami. Uh, our Cuban cuisine, we try to show off a little bit through our concessionaire AmeriCrown. Um and so we try to do a lot of that. From an entertainment standpoint, you know what? You think of Miami, you think of you think of a bunch of fun, right? And so so um, we're we've created a lot of things which are going to make people stay here. That exactly that which is fun. Uh, we've got an infield beach party going on this year, the first of its kind in motorsports. We've got a new fan village which is going to co- be constituted of a lot of things that are distinctly Miami, such as Winwood artistry. Uh, we're having a replica of Winwood walls, uh, food off special food offerings, uh, a Hooters sports bar. People can sit around, eat wings, drink beer, uh, watch the race on TV, watch college football games or pro games on you know that type thing so there's a lot of things to do for everybody you just don't need to be a race fan in order to come out here and have a good time that's right brother and neil you mentioned you're just south of miami and just north of the keys there's a lot of people you know like myself uh it's 20 degrees here in talladega and i can't wait to get down there thursday but there's a lot of stuff to actually do down there i mean you come into a warm climate you get down there and you got this racetrack, you got the keys, you got, and last year I went to, I don't want to throw like a little promo out there, for Polo Tropical. Stephen Wilson Speedway down there still be the Polo Tropical, first time I've been there. There's there's so much to do outside the racetrack also before the fans come in there, right, brother? Yeah, there really is. There's, you know, all kinds of entertainment and things like that. 
Um, you know, you've got uh, all the haulers with the merchandise, and you know, there's something for again, there's something for everybody. We've got music on our, uh, you know, entertainment stage. We've got on Sunday, we've got Gin Blossoms playing for an hour concert on Sunday at 1:20 uh, out there. So we've got a ton of things going on, and that and that's what NASCAR is all about, right? It's about you know, not just the racing itself, but it's about all the entertainment and experiential things that take uh, that that go on around it, and. Uh, not to mention, you know what, we have probably uh, the most competitive uh, one-and-a-half-mile uh, oval on the circuit, if not the most competitive of any length. And so we're, 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 we're awfully proud of that. Exactly, Neil. And y'all have reconfigured that track from whenever, uh, from 18 years ago, whenever y'all first built it. It was like a flat track. Y'all put some banking in one and two and three and four, which sort of added some grip. And I, I want to pose this question to you. Some of the tracks here lately, like last weekend at PIR and at uh, Texas, they've added that PJ Warren grip down to the top. Uh, I haven't heard any media people talk about it. Uh, are you guys planning on putting the PJ Warren down at any point there this weekend? Not to my knowledge, no. Okay, okay. And, Neil, uh, Stephen Wilson dropped. He's trying to come back on, but uh, – Sort of let sort of give our listeners a little bit of background about Neil, how Neil got started, where how he ended up at Homestead, Homestead by Amy Speedway. Let some of our listeners know about that if you can, brother. About me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you, I mean, Neil. Oh, I, I don't want to know about me. They want to know about our track. But I mean, real quick synopsis. You know, I got to Homestead Miami Speedway about five years ago, and. Um, you know, I came in here, I was in the NFL for, you know, 25 years in PR with three different clubs, including the New Orleans Saints, the Dolphins, and the Cleveland Browns. And so got here about five years ago, and it was a, you know, a whole new world. But uh, this world of NASCAR has been tremendous. And, you know, the opportunity to work down here at Homestead Miami Speedway is outstanding. And, Neil, talk a little bit about, like, like you mentioned, you come from the PR side over there to the NASCAR PR side. How – how does that differ as far as your job description coming over to the NASCAR side of it? I mean, it's it, it's different in the fact that, you know, instead of promoting a, a, a team with, you know, 53 players or what have you, you're promoting an event, you're promoting a venue, and so there are, there are certain differences um, in those things. And um, it requires different approaches and things like that when you're when you are promoting th- uh, things. And so you don't have all those players at your disposal and things like that, like you do when you're in the NFL or Major League Baseball or basketball, whatever the sport might be. Um, so it does cre- it does it does uh, necessitate uh, being a little bit more creative in how you uh, go about uh, promoting things. And, Neil, before we let you jump out of here, like I said, Steve dropped. Uh, can you let our listeners know far as traffic? I know last year I want to thank you very much for taking care of Suzanne and I coming down, and we're going to come down Thursday. We're flying out of Birmingham Thursday coming down. Far Our as, pleasure. I know, you're not a, uh, I know you're not a traffic fanatic, but that was my first time down. And coming down, the main drag coming in there, can, can you let everyone know exactly uh, some of the best routes in and out? I don't want to put you on the spot there, Neil, but just uh, – because Suzanne and I, we 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 stayed in Florida City, and uh, to make a long story short, uh, I, I want to go ahead and tell this story. Steve, Stephen come down, and we flew down. Well, we stayed at a little hotel in Florida City, and uh, after we left the track, I think it was that Friday night. Uh, Stephen, he drove his. We rode with him in his rental, 
and he dropped us back off at our hotel. Neil, we we pulled up there, and you know nothing bad about Florida City, but uh, we pulled up, and there was police everywhere. And I thought, oh my God, what? You know, I'm just old redneck dirt road country boy here from Talladega. And then we pulled up there, and uh, it was police everywhere. Well, Stephen dropped us off, and we got out, and they said they'd been a shooting down there. I thought, oh Lord, <laughs> yeah, but you know. But, no, you know, just not knocking out. But sort of let our listeners know if they're going to make the trek down there. I've got Stephen back on, too, before I let you go. Let our listeners know some of the good places to stay. And well, first thing, Eats. I want to thank you very much for that big monster pile of shrimp last year. I can't wait to get out there and get that again, brother. Thank you very much. But some of the Eats and some of the stuff that uh, Homestead Miami Speedway promotes there, if you, if you per se there. You're talking. You're talking about like you know restaurants and things like that. Yes, sir. Some of them good places around there. You you know you can go to a lot of different places. I mean, you can go to the Keys. The Keys has got uh, you know a lot of good places. You go to Key Largo, and they've got a place called the Big Chill, which is you know owned and operated by former uh, Cowboys and Dolphins head coach Jimmy Johnson. Um, you know that's his kind of place. And then you know they've got a lot of you know Miami's got a lot of you know you can go a lot of places get great seafood. You know you're in an area that's you know really fertile for that. A lot of good neighborhood um, you know taverns and pubs and things like that. And so um, there's a lot to offer in this area. There really is outside of just just the, just the chains. But if anybody in your listener is down here and needs a place, have them contact me. Amen, brother. I will. Neil, I'm gonna hand you over to Stephen Wilson, SpeedwayDigest.com. Thank you very much for coming on the show, and thank you very much for everything you have done for Suzanne and I. We'll see you Thursday evening, brother. Our pleasure. Look forward to it. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, brother. Steve, you got it. Bye. Yeah, appreciate you taking time to come on here tonight. You guys have been doing this for 18 years down there. Foot crowning the champion. What are you guys going to go into this weekend um, to do differently? Are you going to do anything different to kind of highlight those 18 years of championships that you guys have been putting together in South Florida? Yeah, I mean, we're, you know, it's been certainly a, you know, a great run, but it's not the end of it. You know, I mean, it's just the beginning because we moved to a March race in 2020, which is kind of where we started when we opened up our facility. And so in a way, we're going back to our roots in 2020, which also coincides with our 25th anniversary. Um, So we're not going to, you know, we'll we'll have some things uh, that commemorate, you know, the 18 years of champions, um, but we're not going to, you know, oh, woe's me and, you know, the way we were, that kind of stuff. You know, we'll recognize it. We'll have something kind of cool, pre, you know, right before the race starts, kind of reflecting on 18 years. But we're not going to – this isn't like a, you know, a sob story. You know, we're excited about what our new beginning is going to be starting in 2020. How do you shift that? How do you shift from being the the, the last race of the year um, and just five months, four and a half months later, going back into a race again? Um, you know, a lot of these tracks out here that, you know, have two races a year is something that they've done for quite a long time. So shifting shifting the balance isn't really, you know, it's kind of second nature to them. But how do you guys, have you guys been preparing and what have you guys been doing differently knowing that you've only got about four and a half or so months before you come back to Homestead, Miami for the next race? Well, realistically, you know, we've been in a way preparing for two races at the same time. So it's been a little bit of a it's been a little bit of a juggling act. There's no doubt about that. Um, 
you know, but our focus right now is on this year's race. But we've been thinking that we've been uh, we've been thinking ahead, and uh, you know, we're we're doing a lot of things this year, which are kind of aimed at um, tra- aimed at transitioning into our new race date. You know, a lot of the things we're putting in our infield beach party, our new fan zone area. You know, just a lot of different things that are going to make this place f- more fun than ever. When you come in the Ford Championship this weekend, um, what do you, first starting off with the Truck Series, um, how how surprised are you to see a guy like Ross Chastain, somebody that you know wasn't even declared earlier on in the season, to here he is now um, getting ready to come to Homestead on Friday night and run for a possible champion championship in the Truck Series. Well, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, if you've ever seen, uh, you know, Ross race, then, you know, it's really not a surprise, um, you know, because they know you, you, you know what kind of driver he is. And so it really isn't a surprise in that in that regard. Um, so, um, but, you know, Ross is tremendous. He's a good friend of the track. He's from the West Coast here. And so, um, you know, we're excited that he's a part of it and he's got a chance to win a, win a championship in what he considers his home track. Saturday afternoon, you're, you're going to have the Xfinity Series there in Ford 300. Um, you've got uh, you got Justin Allgaier into it. Um, he just pushed his stick in this week in the uh, Cole Custer that just a couple of years ago he missed out on it at Phoenix, but came there and won that race. And you know what would have been a championship had he had been into the final four. Um, you know when you when you look at the Cropper drivers in the Xfinity Series right now, and the ones that are definitely that are coming in this year, Christopher Bell, which is going to move on, Tyler Reddick is going to move on to the Cup Series in uh, 2020, and, and you've got those four guys going out there. What what is your most surprising aspect, and do you have any thoughts on who might win that one on uh, Saturday afternoon? In the Xfinity, in the Xfinity. Yeah. yeah you know, I'll tell you it. what, it's it, it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty strong field, you know, it really is. You know, you've got three drivers who, you know, really dominated this year, you know, in Cole Custer and you know, Christopher Bell and Tyler Reddick and you know, as you mentioned I think as you mentioned, you know, two of them are I think two of them are yeah, two of them are uh already committed to going to you know, go, getting points in the cup cup level next year. Um so I'll tell you what, it's kinda you know, it's kinda tough to say. Um, but you know what? I'll have to, you know, I'll have to put my, put my money, uh, put my money on Cole Custer. I don't know. There's just something I think about him, the kind of year he's had, he's got a, got a little chip on his shoulder and I think, uh, he might be the one to beat on Saturday. Sunday afternoon, the, uh, the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series is going to conclude their season and it's going to be a David versus Goliath kind of show. Three Joe Gibbs racing drivers going to come in there with Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch, and Martin Truex Jr. against one little lonely Ford driver from SHR. Um, what's the uphill battle, and what what kind of storylines are you guys thinking they're going to come out of this uh, on Sunday afternoon? Well, I mean, realistically, I mean, I, I don't know that it's a David Goliath. I mean, o- only in the respect that you know. Kevin Harvick is the only non-Joe Gibbs driver, but I mean, you look at the kind of year he had, and he's certainly, um, you know, certainly deserving of this uh, championship four berth. Um, you know, you look at last year, and last year, um, you know, Joey Logano went in as kind of the uh, underdog, and look what he did. And so, you know, it's it'll be interesting to see how the the, the uh, Gibbs drivers race up race against one another. My my guess is that. 
you know what, come Sunday or come every race day, frankly, but really especially this Sunday, it's not going to make a difference that they're teammates. Each one of those guys wants to win a, wants to win a championship. And so I think that's the only thing that they're, uh, they're, that they're thinking right now. But, you know, again, they're all, all four are tremendous drivers, and all four uh, happen to run very, very well on our track. So I think it's going to be a terrific, uh, terrific race on Sunday. Neil, I appreciate you taking time to come on here tonight. Before I let you go out of here, let everybody know where they can follow uh, the track and all the activities going on this weekend on your social media pages. And if you got any ticket deals or anything left over that you guys are trying to get out there and get sold uh, for this yep. weekend, um, yep. this is your time. Have at it. Yeah, no, uh, we've got... You know, we still have our Ross Chastain Melon Man ticket package on sale, which is tremendous uh, $99 for a Sunday ticket and a 30-minute meet-and-greet with Ross Chastain. Um, and then also the um – uh, and then also you get a, a, a Melon Man hat, a Melon Man and ho- home, uh, slash Homestead Miami Speedway branded cap. So it's a great deal. Um, tickets, you can go to homesteadmiamispeedway.com or call 866-409-RACE. But, you know, ticket sales have been brisk. Uh, you know, we're fully expecting another sellout this year. Could come soon within the next couple of days. So um, if people are still interested, I'd suggest that they uh, act quickly. Neil, thanks a lot. Best of luck this weekend with the. Uh, uh, all right, Stephen. Thank you very much for having me. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. See you then. Bye. Neil Gucker, there. Homestead, Amy Speedway, PR, Stephen. Uh, like you said, he is really excited. And I didn't know that he come from some of the NFL stuff there. Uh, you know, I posed that question. I think he might have dropped, but. Uh, he come from, I think he mentioned the Dallas Cowboys PR or something like that, but uh, good interview there with Neil. I want to thank Neil for taking time to come on, too. And uh, like I said, you and I and Suzanne, we're going to make a trek down there uh day after tomorrow. We're getting out of this damn cold-ass weather shit, and we're going south, brother. Yeah, it's, about, it's that time of year. Get to, get to go down south and get out of this cold weather, that's for sure. <laughs> Exactly, brother. And, Stephen, I want to thank you for coming back and for jumping back on. I know you texted and said your headset had uh, died. Uh, but thank you again. Uh, you know, there as long as I could, I'm glad he stayed on as long as he could because he's a busy guy, especially this being four championship weekend there. But, uh, Stephen, let's take a little break. Let's uh, let's take a little break and listen to uh, some Nelly, number one, and we will come back live. From the Pit Stop Radio, I'm Tim of Spain, alongside SpeedwayDigest.com. We'll be right back after this song from Nelly. Oh, 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 you better watch who you're talking about, burning your mouth. Like you know me, you gon' fuck around and kill. Why the show me, can call it show me. Why one on one, you can't hold me. If your last name was Hayden, only way you were me, I'd stick my name on your pants. No resident of France.
ride up on the flat line. Oh, my uncle could see me now. If he could see how many rappers wanna be me now. Straight in you licking my style, right to the downtown. Can't leave out the store now. Better wait till they calm down. I got hella shorty coming after you with a party. Oh, Lord, if I continue to act naughty, mix it with every party. Got me thinking for sure. I'm not a man of many words, but it's one thing I know. This is NASCAR driver Brad Keselowski, and you're listening to the Pit Stop Radio. We're back live from Duggan Nation. I'm Tim Spain, alongside of SpeedwayDigest.com, Mr. Stephen Wilson. He's right outside of Richmond Raceway up there in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Stephen, uh, good interview there with Neil Guckers. They're home at Miami Speedway. We're going to be heading out a uh, day after tomorrow. Wheels up and wheels down. Stephen, let's talk a little bit about this week, past weekend there at uh, Phoenix. Uh, we set the final four there, going down to Miami, and uh, like you and Neil talked about, uh, the watermelon man, Mister Ralph Chastain, a good friend of ours. He's been on the show couple, multiple times, and uh, but let's talk a little bit about Stuart Friesen, Stephen. There, Stuart Friesen won there at PR this past weekend in that in that truck. What do we look to see out of Stuart there at Homestead Miami Speedway? I think he's been close a lot of times with these mile-and-a-half racetracks that struggled with them. Um, you know, it, it took him all of last season and a majority a good half of this season uh, running full-time before he got his first win in the truck series. And I know that he's um, he's um, he's been he's been trying to work his way up, but uh, I mean, he's kind of still struggled at these mile-and-a-half racetracks, and I think. It'll be a struggle this weekend. And Stephen, like you mentioned, uh, 
He's been a contender for years and years, but uh, it's just bad luck. You know, it's like Chase Elliott, the bad luck deal there. But let's listen to a little bit about what Stuart Friesen and crew chief Trip Bruce had to say there in the media center after he won the truck race there at Phoenix International Raceway. Okay, we are, we are here with our winning team, uh, driver and crew chief for the number 52 Homer International Chevrolet, and that is driver Stuart Friesen and crew chief Trip Bruce. Um, it, winning to make the championship is nothing better than that. Um, you guys had a pretty good points lead coming in, but how sweet was is this victory uh, to lock up a spot in Miami? Uh, it's perfect. Um, great timing to, to build some momentum uh, for the for the championship. Um, we have a great truck today that that you know GMS Fab Shop built for us, and uh, it's good. You know we got our favorite truck we're running next week that we've you know got a lot of time under our belt with, and uh, going to Homestead with with you know a good notebook on that truck, a good notebook on the on the track, and um, you know some some momentum. So it's it's all good. How stressful was it, uh, at least at the very beginning, um, with the penalty and then going through the race and eventually dominating the, the final stage? More or less. I was mad, and I usually don't get mad, and usually I'm trying to ask him not to be so mad because he's got a you know, more stressful job than I do at that point. But this time I told him, you don't need to be mad because I took over on that part. I mean, I was, I was just livid at the call, and I, I didn't get to see what went on around there, you know, more than a glimpse of TV when it happened live. But I just thought, once again, you know, it's kind of dabbling in what's going on here. That's the way I felt. It doesn't mean that's what happened. But at the moment, that's what I felt, and I just want to get my point across. But as far as coming back from that, I didn't have any doubt in that. I, I really didn't. I didn't. I thought when we got here after one or two laps on the track that we had what we needed to win balance-wise with this new truck. And um, and then even after they put us to the rear, I thought, well, that's that's not even that big of a it's not even a big enough setback. There's no damage. That's not enough right now to keep us from not beating everybody in the field. So I, and I'm not being arrogant that way. I just I felt that way the whole day, right? No, so yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's just the way it's been all day today. It's it's nice. It doesn't happen very often. So. If you have any questions for our winning team, please raise your hand. We'll get your mic and we'll start it right here with Wolfgang. Uh, Wolfgang Wanzer from Germany, Rennsport Press Agency. I have a question for you, Trip Bruce. Uh, first of all, congratulations for both of you. Um, just to understand the situation, um, you had the discussion with the official. I watched it on television. When you are not happy with the decision of official in the NASCAR business, is there a possibility that you can appeal the decision? Not at this point or even like 30 seconds later. I, I, I was livid, and I went back and told the official we're friends you know all of us are out there i said hey you know that i know that you didn't make that call right and we laughed together and and i mean i didn't actually know or see the spotter would have known and seen he would have known and seen i didn't know what happened i just you know you get, you do get tired of things sometimes you put in a lot of work and you get tired of penalties and this and that and fines and and you did this wrong you did that wrong and we really come with no intent to do anything wrong ever not one race, not one practice, not one qualifying. We never bring intent of trying to do something wrong. So the scrutiny bothered me. That's it. Any more questions? Oh, let's go to Bob, Aaron. Nope. I have a couple. Uh, first for Stuart. Um, 
if you're going to do your best not to start second <laughs> next week, will it be first or third and just say, okay, I don't want to be in that position? Yeah, absolutely. Um, going into next week, if we are second, I'll know how to, you know, just let the leader take off and then fire behind him, you know. Um, I guess that's the way you're supposed to do it. I, I don't know. Um, but been racing a long time. Um, Dick Bergeron told me once years ago after we had, you know, had a weird dirt race go against us and um, he asked me if I'd ever been screwed, and I said, yeah. He goes, have you ever been unscrewed? And I said, <laughs> no. So that's that's how racing goes sometimes. I've I've took those words, filed them deep inside, and it comes back. You can yell and scream and hoot and holler and everything else and let them know you're angry, but <laughs> they're, n- <laughs> they're never going to reverse a call. Um, I grew up playing hockey, um, you know, and was on the wrong end of many penalties that I swear I didn't do. Um, that doesn't mean I didn't get to sit my two minutes in the box. So, um that's how it goes, and uh, you know, ultimately, a great Halmar Chevy Silverado and a great race team. You know, won the race today. And I mean, I guess I might be wrong, but I want to say that the plans aren't confirmed up yet for next year. Is that correct? not not a hundred percent? You know, that's that's all I got. We're but but I guess, so I guess sport changes a lot. But it's it's uh, we're with some great people right now. We're with a great organization with with GMS and um, you know providing our equipment and. Um, it's it's cool to be where we're at right now. But does that make next week even more? I don't want to say important, but um, I mean, do you view it as kind of your your one shot or this group's one shot at a title? That's a good question. <laughs> we'll, we'll get through next week and then go from there. You know, um, the sport changes. Uh, you know, things evolve and, and revolve. Um, you know, obviously we have we have a great race team that we've been really fortunate to be together for almost two and a half years now. Um, three years, I guess, when we we started with with GMS, you know, late in the season three years ago. So um, it's been great, and uh, we'll keep keep rolling with it as long as we can. Aaron Beard and Motorsport Speed. I have two for you, Stuart. First of all, kind of lost in the shuffle. You making championship and everything. This was your first NASCAR win on one of these paved tracks. <laughs> was that an important milestone for you? Uh, absolutely. Um, you know. Eldora was was cool. That was what started this whole deal for us. That's that's what got us involved in the truck series. Um, with with Chris Larson saying, you know, it'd be really cool to go do that dirt race, and and it evolved and and snowballed, and and here we are. And you know, we had so many races get away, uh, mistakes. You know, I made a ton of mistakes, um, not paying attention, not not you know grasping the full concept of what was going on sometimes. And um, it was it was good, you know, to finally get this one it would it would suck to go to homestead win the championship win the race and be like oh it's our first race you know so um we got this win first win out of the way now we can really focus on uh, getting the job done next week and second question i stay an hour stewart stewart freezing there in the media center there at uh ism raceway and he's he's making his first trek for the uh nascar gander outdoor truck series championship we've got stewart freezer ross chastain brett moffett and matt craft that is your top four going to Homestead Miami Speedway to notch their name into the record books there with NASCAR. Stephen, what do we, what do you think about the interview there with Stuart Freeze? Like you just realizes that you know he's it's kind of going to be a tough road for him again because you know he struggled again on these one and a half mile racetracks and you know I know his EMF racing behind him and working on these trucks but um you know you got you got a couple other really really good guys with uh Ross Chastain and and uh Matt Kraft and uh Kraft being a previous champion his own self um, um that's gonna line up in that field and um uh, gonna take him on 
Exactly. And let's go right on real quick. Uh, let's, we're trying to get out of here because our time is limited. Let's, uh, and just let everybody know, Stephen, uh, Megan Johnson, PR lady there for Justin Elgar, Junior Motorsports. If he wins the championship, we got him coming on Tuesday. But let's listen to a little bit about what uh, the race winner there, Justin Algar and Justin Burdett, had to say after their win there at uh, PR. All right, we're going to go ahead and continue with our post-race media availability. We are now joined by Crew Chief Jason Burdett for our race-winning number seven team. Jason, congratulations. Why don't you go ahead and take us through your race and what it means to be part of the championship for Homestead next week. Um, yeah, it was uh, obviously an incredible day. Um, knowing coming in here, you know, we were going to have to race race the 98 and uh, a few others on points. Um, you know, so we, and, and try to keep them guys from winning as well, you know, because if any of those guys won, obviously it, it uh, ruined our shot for next week. So, um, you know, I thought we had a we had a good car yesterday. We ha we we didn't change a whole lot from yesterday to today. Um, you know, obviously the 20 having his issues helped us um, a little bit. I mean, I feel like today we we probably had the second best car. Um, you know, in the race, and then you know just didn't make any mistakes. So, um, it was, you know, it was a solid day. Justin did a great job. The guys on pit road um, were solid for most of the day, and obviously the. The guys working on the car did a great job preparing a, a, a good race car. All right, we're going to go ahead and open the floor to questions. If you have a question, please raise your hand. We'll get a wireless microphone to you. Please state your name and affiliation before answering your question. We'll start up front with Lee. Lee Spencer, RacingBoys.com. How important, after last year's devastating blow of not making the championship, of being the top guy, I mean, you guys were on such a roll at Brickyard. It, it seemed like you guys were – could not be stopped, but everything just kind of the wheels fell off in the playoffs. How important was it for the driver for the team to get back here? Um, you know, I mean, obviously it's always important. I mean, at the beginning of the year we set goals, right? Win races, um, make the uh, final four, and 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 then try to win a championship. You know, that's our ultimate goal every year. Um, you know, last year uh, we won five races going into the into the playoffs, regular season champions. You know, I think we, we kind of felt invincible going into it. And, um, you know, maybe we, we let that hinder us a little bit, you know, going into the playoffs. We made mistakes that, that normally we wouldn't make, and, and it hurt us. Um, this year, I think we we came into the season, you know, still hoping to win the same five races. But on the same hand, we came in knowing we needed to be gaining momentum as the, as the season wound down, not not peaking too early or, you know, people say that all the time, but, um, you know, we look at our season as a whole, it was up, down, up, down all year long. And then these last um, seven or eight weeks, I think our worst finish is six. So, um, you know, I think where we've gained momentum, we've, we've gained speed in our cars, Justin's gained confidence as we've gone along. And, and now we've put ourselves in a really good position, you know, to um, hopefully capitalize on, on next week, see what happens. Stephen, Justin Algar, and Jason Burdett going in there for the championship four there at Family Homestead by Speedway, Homestead by Speedway for the uh, NASCAR Senior Series Championship there. What's your pick there, bro? Um, I think it's really just going to come down to uh, 
pressure the belt of, of uh, Cole Custer, one of the two. I will agree, too. Stephen, we're not going to play that audio stuff there, but the Cup Series there. We've got, uh, oh, goodness, this is awesome, brother. We've got Denny Hamlin. He's probably had his best run ever going for the championship, going to Homestead Miami Speedway. Your top four there going for the championship, Martin Truex Jr., Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, and like I said, Denny Hamlin. What are we looking at, brother? I still think that this is just going to be a David versus this Goliath kind of deal. Um, you have three of them that are previous champions. Denny Hamlin isn't a champion himself, although he seems to be uh, turned his year around since 2018 when he didn't win anything at all. So, um uh, Joe Gibbs Racing, one of the four drivers in that camp, has won uh, ha- over half the races this year. Um, they've been dominant. Um, I think they are more dominant today, and we're seeing Joe Gibbs Racing more dominant today than I think we saw in um, Petty or Earnhardt or um, Hendrick Motorsports during their heydays of Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson. Um, I, you know, I, I, you know, this this team is this team is a strong team. It will be interesting because this is a situation that I know that NASCAR tried to prevent years ago um, when uh, Ralph Racing uh, was very very dominant. Um, they had five out of the ten cars in the championship run that year, and the very next year is when they started limiting teams to four race cars. And um, I think, you know, some people would attribute that and have attributed it to the domination of Roush that year. So it will be interesting to see how NASCAR reacts to this. Um, maybe they're waiting for the 21 2021 car, um, and you know they they might not see it as something that they need to change in a year where they're trying to limit um, changes. But it will be interesting to see what goes, what happens next, because I think you know we have a lot of uh, we have a lot of uh, you know we 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 have a lot of where we try to you know I don't want to say prevent it. You know NASCAR isn't really trying to prevent really anything, but they they try to open it up so it's more competitive, and I think if you have seen, you start seeing the same teams win, like we have all year long with Joe Gibbs Racing winning over half the races this year and having three out of the four cars, I do think that presents an interesting conundrum because this is something that NASCAR had changed the rules, you know, a decade ago in hopes that, you know, we would see a diverse group of drivers and teams and manufacturers um, competing for a championship. And um, what happens next, I don't know. Um, maybe we'll find out after Homestead, but I do. Um, that's the one point that I kind of take away from this. Hey, man, brother. Good takeaways. Again, uh, Stephen, let everyone know, uh, we're coming up on the final race weekend there at Homestead Miami Speedway. 
let everybody know where they can follow or where they can follow or what have you, the weekend times, TV times, radio st- times there. Going to the Homestead Miami Speedway this weekend, brother. You got the floor. Homestead Miami Speedway this weekend. We're going to end up the 2019 championship in South Florida, 18 years of doing so. Um, NASCAR can enter outdoor truck series qualifying 435 on Friday afternoon um, with a Gander Outdoor Truck Series racing the Ford EcoBoost 300 champion down there. 8 o'clock. FS1 will have your TV, MRN, uh, MRN Series XM will have your radio call. Uh, that's 134 laps, 201 miles for those guys on Friday night. Then on uh, <clears throat> then on uh, Saturday afternoon, uh, just after lunchtime, 12:30, NASCAR Xfinity Series qualifying for them to be followed up by Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series qualifying. 3:30 p.m. NBC Ford EcoBoost 300. 200 laps, 300 miles for them to crown the Xfinity Series champion in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series championship race, 3 o'clock, NBC, Sunday afternoon, 267 laps, 400.5 miles to end out the season in the 2019 campaign. Stephen, thank you very much, brother. I want to thank uh, Neil Gokas from the Homestead. Maybe speed with there for joining us. I want to thank you for Hosting my website, Stephen. Uh, I can never repay you. And uh, just to let our listeners know, Stephen and I, we will be making a trek down to Homestead Miami Speedway Thursday. Follow us at whatever Stephen said there. And follow me at Tim Spain or at TD Lyman, all that other stuff. <laughs> but, Stephen, like, like I said again, till Aiden, we said hello and uh, happy birthday. And, Stephen, we will talk to you. Let's see. When am I leaving? Thursday. We will talk to you at home. Uh, Fort Lauderdale, brother. See you, brother. Thanks for everything. And uh, good night from Talladega, Alabama. I guess that's why they call it God's country. I saw the light in a sunrise sitting back in a party on the muddy riverside getting baptized in holy water and shine with the dogs running.
champions at Ford Championship Weekend. November 15th through the 17th at Homestead Miami Speedway. Get your tickets and celebrate with three champions at the 2019 NASCAR season finale. Experience the sounds of speed. Witness the sights of greatness. Supercharge your senses. Call 866-409-RACE or visit HomesteadMiamiSpeedway.com.